Hey, all you Trek Live crew members, this is Trek Live Dan. Just wanted to say thank you for dropping by the podcast feed. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is recorded live first on our YouTube channel, so definitely um, stop on by to join the discussion. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Okay, we are live for episode 74 of Trek Live. Um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, we got a packed show, we got a lot to talk about, so. I'm thinking that this the structure is going to be a little bit different normally than what we normally do. Um, mm-hmm. We normally start off with you know how our rewatch is going. Um, so definitely go over to Twitter um, to find out how that's going. I figured we can just kind of jump into some news, uh, and yep. then later on in the show we can move into some discovery uh, pre-show. But Bill, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. We got a lot to talk about. It was a big week in Star Trek news, and. Uh, it's going to be a big week this week with the discovery coming back. So it's kind of all happening right now. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into it and kind of talking about all the things that are happening with um, different shows and development and uh, things starting to come together with Picard show and um, some news with the new movie that may or may not happen at some point. Um, <laughs> and then I'm definitely looking forward to talking about discovery season two kind of generally as we like kind of lay down our feelings and maybe a prediction or two or you know whatever the mm-hmm. week before it starts yep. or we actually know what's really gonna be happening so uh yeah like you said it's a jam-packed show we're gonna have a lot to talk about and um i think we're gonna yeah skip out on some of the usual formatting that we do with mm-hmm. uh you know starting off by talking about a rewatch and all that i think this is a good week to just kind of dive right in and talk about yeah. what's happening yeah. um so uh, let's do that. Um, let's start off with uh, the Star Trek Four fourteen, whatever you want to call it, the movie news. Which, mm-hmm. uh, depending on who you are and how you feel about the common timeline, might be really sad and depressing news. Or I guess there are people out there who are really happy about this that you know this is potentially shelved. But um, uh, to kind of sum it up, uh, there have been stories about Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, who was supposedly involved. That character was going to be in the in the movie. The script had been written, and it was going to involve uh, George Kirk somehow, seemingly through some kind of time travel thing. Uh, but they were having contract issues with Paramount and battling back and forth. Um, that kind of put a drag on this. They had hired hired a director, um, S.J. Clarkson is her name. She's done a lot mm-hmm. of TV, and now she's agreed to go. Um, she made an agreement to go direct the pilot for an upcoming Game of Thrones prequel series, uh, which kind of telegraphs that this project, Star Trek Four, has kind of hit the skids a little bit between the contract problems and now director who's leaving. So, uh, not a whole not a whole lot of good news on the Star Trek Four front. Um, how do you feel about this? Uh, I know you're you're a Kelvin timeline guy. Huge Kelvin timeline. Your intro, yeah. The Trek, yeah. So, um, yeah. What does this leave you feeling? I mean, do you think it's dead? Do you think it's good? You know, done for good? Uh, is this a temporary setback? I mean, there's no way to really know. But it, where are you right now? And that's like, how do you feel about it? Uh, I don't think it's completely dead. Like we'll never see it again. Um, I do believe it is shelved. Um, it sucks because I hate to see um, something like this um, be taken down by something like contract disputes and yeah. money. Um, it just sucks when you know something gets so successful that this is bound to happen. Um, it just sucks that something great like the Kelvin timeline has been shelved. Um, I think they had a great opportunity. What they had kind of brainstorming how the story was going to go sounded interesting to me. Um, and hopefully down the road, they can kind of work that out. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm trying to avoid the feeling that it's dead for good. I mean, Star Trek's no stranger to these kinds of contract disputes. This is not the first time there have been... Um, battles like this particularly like back with the original cast you know Nimoy had battles with Paramount um, Mm -hmm. that ultimately got resolved over time Um, so this isn't this isn't a brand new thing but I think I think it was kind of maybe bound to happen um, in some ways like to their credit a lot of the um, really everybody in the cast from from these movies um, they were they were largely kind of unknowns 
uh, pre 2009, Chris yeah. Pine specifically, yeah. uh, particularly, um, you know, Simon Pegg and Carl Urban were kind of known quantities and, mm-hmm. and all, but a lot of these actors were not like household names at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have become that like Chris Pine's yeah. a movie star. Uh, he's a pretty big, you know, he headlines movies. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's been in a wide array of things and he's a, he's, he's a draw. He's a, he's a legitimate movie star. Um, so, you know, I think things like this were kind of bound to happen. Um, you know, it's been 10 years now since 2009 came out. Uh, it's been yeah. like 11 or 12 years since these guys were like signed and like in production. Sorry, in pre-production. Yep. Yep. Yeah. In the world of Star Trek. So it's mm-hmm. been going on a long time for these guys. And I'm sure they're, you know mixed feelings on their end about, you know, I want to do it. Maybe, you know, work with my friends. You hear those kinds of quotes a lot when they talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the actors say, you know, I love my castmates. I'd love to get back to work and do it more. But there's also, I'm sure, an element of I've been doing this a while and probably prepared to move on if, you know, the deal isn't right. Right. Um, So I I think we were probably on this road to um, some challenges, you know, with contract stuff Mm -hmm. uh, for a while now. Uh, but it does upset me a little bit. I, I, I've, I'm a fan of the Kelvin timeline. I think it's a nice kind of offshoot thing. I think it, I think it gives, um, the, the, you know, the movie uh, world uh, a little bit of a different taste. I think it's probably more suited to the movie world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they have a little more creative license to do things um, because it's in the separate, you know, timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've enjoyed all three movies. Um, I, I thought that, um, you know, beyond left a really good taste in my mouth with where the characters were and, um, the possibilities, you know, coming away from that movie. Um, so I was, I was really hoping to get another one, um, and another few really, uh, because I love the cast. I, I, I like, I like the story of the Kelvin timeline. Um, and it leaves the movie series kind of in a world of uncertainty you know who knows where they go from here if this is indeed kind of um on the shelf indefinitely um you know maybe maybe the movie um world goes quiet with track for a little bit Mm -hmm. again um i guess there is the tarantino thing kind of floating out there too so who knows if they'll just go right to that and what that even is yeah um i know he's produced i think he's in post-production for a movie that comes out this summer right now so um you know, by the end of the summer, that that project that Tarantino is working on will be kind of wrapping up, and um, I guess by that point, all things, all best might be off, and maybe that'll be the direction. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I'm 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 not a person who was cheering about this and thinking that it's good that it's kind of done um, potentially, um, but we'll see. Uh, I'm certainly not. I'm not of the mindset that it's dead and buried for good. I yeah. think things can change quickly and you just, you never know. It just might take time. Uh, Jordan has a great comment. Um, uh, yeah. I, uh, I think it would have been a tougher pill for me to swallow if there wasn't other Trek on. I feel like Absolutely. it does bum yeah. me out, but at the same time, I, I f- feel okay because there's more Trek on. Now that's okay. saying, now, that being said, I think um, this is kind of a missed opportunity because I feel like um, we're moving into this age where there's going to be a lot of Trek on, and I think that's a great opportunity, um, you know, for the Kelvin timeline to kind of step up and into this new kind of new age of Trek, um, which sucks um, that they're not going to mm-hmm. be able to be able to join that. So, yeah, that that's a really good point, and not, there's there's Trek on now. There's Obviously, there's a Picard show coming. There's mm-hmm. there's more on the way, um, apparently. So there's certainly not a shortage of Star Trek out there. And I don't know if that might impact Paramount's thinking. You know, mm-hmm. if if they feel like you know there's plenty of that, we don't want to oversaturate. Although it's they have no. I guess that was probably a silly comment because they have no. Yeah, looking back in the past, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, from from our standpoint as fans, you know, there, it's certainly not. Would it would have been a couple of years ago, three years ago, four years ago, where if this stopped, it's like, well, then now what? You know, there's yeah, no exactly. kind of no hope. Where now, you know, it's it's it seems like track is here to stay for a while, at least on TV. So I'm thankful for that. Um, this isn't our kind of one and only hope for 
new, new track. We're not where we were five years ago, where yeah. like the only new track we were getting was a new movie every three or four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot on the horizon. There's a lot of good stuff hopefully coming, um, and a variety of stuff like we're going to talk about all these different projects that are you know at various stages of development. Um, so. I'm thankful for that. I think uh, we're not going to be hungry for track, uh, but um, I'm kind of sad to see this go if it's going to go. I, I felt like there was more meat on the bones after Beyond. Definitely. Uh, I think there was, I, like you had mentioned, I thought what little word was kind of leaking out about the direction they were going with the fourth movie with um, Chris Hemsworth somehow being involved. Yeah. Uh, I was I was ready for that. I thought that sounded um, I was I was I was hopeful that it was gonna that it was gonna work and um, that they had a cool concept in mind. We don't know anything about the details of that story. Hopefully, we'll find out someday. Even if it doesn't yeah. happen, you know these things tend to, especially in the Star Trek world, tend to leak out and you over time find out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan says Paramount is in a poor position as they don't really have the ability to create Trek and have it exist as a film like you can on TV. That's yeah. true. Like it's it's hard in the, in the movie world to kind of start fresh and in two hours like introduce a whole new thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're relegated to reusing characters if they have to get wider audiences. Uh, I think Jordan's probably onto something there. Uh, yeah. I think I think the prospect of 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 you know kickstarting something new in the movie franchise for 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 Trek um, is is a challenging notion, and I'm sure it it leads to a lot of head scratching if they think about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's impossible. I think it could be done, you know, with, with, with good writing and a cool idea, um, you know, well executed concept, I think, I think could work, but it's, it's certainly a more uphill battle than, you know, falling back on the classic characters, the way the Kelvin timeline has, has been able to. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where they go. The Tarantino thing, the Tar- the, what, what the Tarantino thing, has um, whether you kind of like him as a director or not is that he's kind of a name brand like he people know Tarantino there are people who will go see Tarantino stuff because it's Tarantino Um, and I think his very presence in the universe uh, would generate enough like what is that to you know make people interested and uh, make that a project that people would pay attention to um whether or not it's good or not is up for, you know, just, who knows what it'll end up being. Yeah. But I, I think like what Jordan's saying to, to kind of kickstart something new, having a name like Quentin Tarantino attached to something like that might off, offset some of those challenges um, mm-hmm. to, 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 you know, get people interested and, and get a wider audience. I think Tarantino's presence might help with some of those things. Mm-hmm. But again, we don't know anything about like what that uh, project is. If it didn't involve the Kelvin timeline cast or some of it or, it's 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 an open question and it's going to be interesting to see if that still has legs and if it's still alive and kicking or if it's um maybe you know dead and we just don't know yet yeah yeah so yep jordan says anything is possible and that's kind of where i am uh i think i think it'd be a mistake to to this uh for good uh this is not you know the star trek's a known thing that has been through ups and downs before and um you know, I think it'd be a mistake to assume that dead means for real dead. Yeah. Uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out and enjoy the track that we're going to get um, in the meantime, which yep. we're going to talk about right now. Some of yeah. the other stuff that's on the horizon. Yeah. Um, uh, something kind of smaller, I guess, we'll, we'll lead up to the Picard thing because that's that's probably the, the, big, the yeah. biggest story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, uh, Kurtzman, Alex Kurtzman, who's um, sort of the the overseer of all things Trek uh, in the, the CBS world, the new Rick Berman, uh, yeah, all powerful uh, TV Star Trek guy, um, made a comment about uh, we we already knew about Star Dex uh, that is um, going to be developed by Mike McMahon from uh, Rick and Morty. Um, that that's a that's a known quantity that's coming. That had already been announced, but Alex Kurtzman made a comment uh, over the last week uh, about additional animated series that are also in development, I guess, um, w- with the idea that that other show or those other shows uh, would be more aimed at a younger audience um, and that it potentially would not be on CBS All Access. I think he also said uh, that yeah. it would be placed somewhere where you know, young people could, you know, kids could like stumble into it and find it and 
hopefully from from their standpoint fall in love with star trek through you know a show aimed at younger people uh do you think this is a good idea do you think this is needed um Uh, do you have any thoughts on this would you watch this (laughs) i would probably watch it as star trek um but the thing is i wasn't sold on the animated series the first animated series to begin with um Uh, I would be hesitant. Um, I think you asked me if it was needed. Um, I I could go either way. I started watching like Star Trek Middle School, so I mean it's 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 it definitely can be it can be it's I'm not saying it's needed, but it can be done, um, and it can be did done in a great way. Um, that being said, I'm not sold on the animated idea. Um, I will just have to kind of wait and see um, with beta breath. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. You know, I, I, it's, we've talked about before. Neither one of us is a huge fan of like the animated series. Now, granted, that's a that's a 45 year old, yeah. you know, <laughs> 70s animated show. So there's not a whole lot of probably correlation between you know what this new thing would be right uh but that that's that's a show that i don't tend to go back to i watch it every so often um i have a lot of memories with it because i was a young kid who uh who loved star trek as a really young person i was kind of indoctrinated into it uh but i was i was obsessed at a really young age and it did speak to me like i didn't necessarily need an animated show to get me interested in star trek the the animated series is not like what cracked my interest um it's something i enjoyed as like a side thing but the original series and the next generation is what got me hooked as a young kid um but i think maybe it's an open question you know you know i had i had a parent who was into it and i watched it with him but if you don't have that and you know i you know star trek the next generation is lot on things like BBC America and you know there's a, there's a smaller channel that I think some people have that runs all of the shows every night um, but TV is such a different thing now than it used to be where there's so many channels and so many things to watch that right. it's maybe a little more difficult to, to find these things um, and certainly you know having all the new track the new cool different you know stuff is going to be on CBS All Access which is like a subscription service that not everybody has and you know mm-hmm. kids can't maybe not you might not be able to just turn on and you know go watch and not to mention you know discovery is is certainly not a show that's like aimed at kids it's a little more mature it's a little more dark uh than than some previous star trek shows have been so if you're talking about like recent track and stuff that's happening right now maybe they do need something accessible for young people to to catch kids um i i certainly don't think it could hurt um but the, the key, I think, like Jordan kind of echoed what I said earlier, that how you distribute it, how available is it, you know, is it, is it going to be on at a time and on a channel that kids are going to find it on? Um, yeah. Animated dead Klingons for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all access is not the best platform, Jordan's basically saying, for something like this. And I, I agree. If your aim is to get kids young, I think putting it on a on a channel on tv at a time when they can kind of stumble into it and find their own interest i think i think it's a i think it's an apt uh probably probably smart direction to go in and something that's worth exploring if you have the resources to do it it can't hurt like i said um so i'm curious to see what they do i'm open-minded to it depending on you know the type of show it is and the type of story it's telling and you know how how young is it aimed i'd certainly be open to watching it and giving it Mm -hmm. a try um so we'll see. I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I, as far as the other animated show, Lower Decks, like you were kind of echo, you were saying, and you said over time since it kind of was announced that you're a little mixed on that idea. I'm a little more excited about it since seeing the Escape Artist. I really enjoyed the Escape Artist. That's written by Mike McMahon, who is going to be the showrunner and the guy who's creating that Lower Deck show. Right. Uh, if if that's the sort of you know that like i said i've said many times i don't watch recording i'm not really familiar with the show so that was my first kind of taste of you know his 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 stuff uh so that gave me a little bit of confidence yeah Uh, i think um you know kurtzman and the whole kind of cbs team is kind of playing the market um if we look at you know what's popular um you know the simpsons family guy um you mentioned rick and morty um South Park. I think um, that is very popular right now, and mm-hmm. uh, I think they're just kind of trying to 
uh, kind of play that market and also kind of explore it because um, like we've said a lot on the show is that Trek is a Swiss, Swiss Army knife. Um, I don't doubt the ability that Star Trek can do this. I just worry about the execution and how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. So that's my only wor- worry. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be, I think, getting the right people involved for something like that. People who maybe have some experience, you know, developing shows that are aimed at kids. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully are smart shows, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, I think that's going to be important. Not to, not to, you know, you know, if you're going to try to get kids interested in Star Trek, it's got to be Star Trek. You know, yeah. like if you want it to actually work, they ha- it has to turn them on to the idea of what they're going to find if they grow into live action. The big boy track. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So big boy and girl um so that, that's going to be key it, it's got to it's got to have a connection to what you ultimately want them to fall in love with on the bigger picture yeah. um so it, it's it's going to be all about the execution like everything um i think but uh it's i guess i guess the thing that i take away most from it is that they are practicing what they're preaching i guess as far as like kind of you know, they've, they've made a lot of comments, Kurtzman and, and others, I guess, from the CBS management um, that, you know, they, they don't want to do like repetitive stuff. They don't want to kind of repackage the same thing and just put out a bunch of that kind of stuff. Like right. they're trying to, to, to if they're going to be doing a lot of stuff to, to you know, bring Trek back and, and, and mm-hmm. fill CBS all access airtime and do all these different things that they want these things to be different, named to different people and mm-hmm. uh, have different tones and um, directions. Uh, th- that seems to be the direction they're going in. You know, it sounds like discovery is obviously one thing and, you know, lower decks is a completely different thing. This is going to be a completely different thing than that. Um, the lower decks concept and the card thing sounds like that's going to be different than discovery tonally and uh, type of show it's going to be. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see like how they execute all that and the, the types of different boxes that they check with these different shows, but I'm glad that's what they're doing and they're not just sort of, you know, putting a different spin on discovery, for example, like right. not trying to just repackage all that formula stuff Um, I think that's the right way to go that's how you keep it fresh and relevant and people from getting tired of it Um, some of the things that Trek may have fallen prey to in the past uh, with a lot of content happening are they doing a show about like a one of the most iconic characters in Star Trek or they they might be yeah yes like maybe their most famous and beloved actor that's alive right now might yeah. yeah be involved absolutely yeah they are doing a Picard show uh, no title for that yet but they did reveal uh, this week uh, Alex Kurtzman did uh, that the show is going to take place which I think we already knew timeline wise of 20 years post Nemesis I think he said that like pretty early on yeah. uh, but that it's going to deal with a, a big event in the prime timeline um, which was the destruction of Romulus which is the thing that sort of set Nero off into the past into a different timeline mm-hmm. ended up at the Kelvin. Like it's sort of the last thing that we know about that happened in the prime timeline. Um, and it's going to, the show is going to, I guess, explore how that event impacted Jean-Luc Picard at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, that actually makes a lot of sense because the last time we saw Picard was in nemesis, um, which, it, you know, is not ultimately, I think, a really successful movie. Uh, that's uh, certainly one of the more divisive pieces of Star Trek out there. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it does leave Picard in a place where, you know, he's he's dealing with the Romulans. He's he's got a, one of the better scenes in that movie. He's standing in the Romulan Senate with Shinzon talking about you know hope for peace and you know, you know, leaving behind the old ways and trying to work towards a better future. Like he's clearly got the idea in his head that. You know, there's there's hope here with the Romulans, and there's mm-hmm. a, there's a scene during the battle sequence at the end of the movie where he has an exchange with a female Romulan commander in it, who comes to help the Enterprise and try to take Shinzon out. And there's there, there's a the hint of hope there as well that Picard's going to try to, you know, start peace talks with the Romulans or try to open up a new dialogue and move it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, with those kinds of threads left hanging after Nemesis. It kind of makes sense that something like the destruction of the Romulan Empire might, you know, have an impact on him. It, you know, it left me with the feeling that he's going to be involved with the Romulans um, mm. in, in that post-Nemesis period of time. Um, so 
from a storyline standpoint, I think it makes pretty good sense. Um, curious to see what they do with it and you know how much of a focus it really is like are the romulans going to factor heavily into the show is it going to be about like what happened to the romulan people the, the romulans who survived that catastrophe um or is it just going to be like the backdrop of um you know where picard is emotionally i think that's all open to speculation at this point um, yeah um, I think this is a, a logical course of action. I think forever fans have been wanting a um, show, another show post TNG, post Voyager, um, kind sure. of that closer to the um, kind of the more, f- f- I don't know, future as opposed to like a prequel show, um, sure. which I think, um, you know, like I said, fans have been wanting for, for a while. Um, yeah. And it's, it's cool to kind of fill in the gaps um, like these shows kind of, you know, pre-Kirk and stuff like that. Um, but I'm really excited to kind of go to, to the kind of the other end of the spectrum. Um, and yeah. especially with a character that has so, so much to, you know, offer to explore um, past and present. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jordan's asking if we've read the countdown series of comics that are like the prequel that lead right up to 2009. I have not read it, but I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the story. I know in that Picard is like an ambassador who's pretty heavily involved with the Romulans, right? Jordan, I'm assuming you've read it um, if you're asking about it. Um, but my, my understanding is that that implies the same thing as well, uh, that Picard has some heavy involvement with the Romulans and the the state of the Romulan Empire and its relationship with Federation at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I couldn't agree more. This will be the first time since have to straddle continuity right. in some way, even yes. the Kelvin timeline, even by separating it and putting it in a different timeline, there's right. still this constant tug and pull of, you know, what's too far, what can we get away with? Yeah. What's, what's canon? You know, what's canon? Yeah. What, what can't we override? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going, this is going to be the first time in, a long time that they can do something that that does not have to really take a whole lot of that into account. They can do whatever they want. They can move yep. forward without the fear yep. of overwriting something or stepping on anything's toes. Um, but at the same time, because it's set 20 years after Nemesis, 20 years roughly is the amount of time that has passed since Nemesis mm-hmm. uh, by the time this airs. Um, not only can you can you have the benefit of that where you don't have to straddle canon the whole time, continuity, um, you still do have the ability to kind of call back to this wide array of old track that people yes. love. Like yep. Kurtzman left the door open for members of the next generation cast being involved somehow, uh, whether it's like recurring one-off guests, like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's not just the next generation cast. There are members of the deep space nine and Voyager cast who would make perfect sense. Uh, like it's 20 years post nemesis. Yep. They're all alive and kicking in the, in the yep. universe by seemingly at that time. So you have that ability to go completely in a fresh direction and not have to worry about continuity, but you do have these things that you can pull from in the past uh, characters and you can refer to storylines and build off of storylines. So, so it's not a complete clean slate um, where you have to completely, you know, start something new. There's this baseline of things that you can play with. Uh, but uh, it, I think it's going to be really refreshing to kind of go into something and just say, okay, take me where you're going to go and not worry about trying to connect dots. Like one of discovery's challenges is, and, and it's something that I like about the show uh, that makes me a fan of the show is I like the kind of connective connected dots kind of storytelling that they're trying to do the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned last week talking about Lethe and how it connects to journey to Babel and Spock and Sarek's relationship. Like I like all that. And I like season two seemingly will, you know, work in some development with Pike that might make sense with the cage and the menagerie and Spock's relationship with Pike. Like I like doing that, mm-hmm. but um, it'll be refreshing to, have a new show that you don't have to do that with that you can just say take me where it's going and kind of disconnect your brain from um having to play that game with uh connecting dots uh with all the continuity yeah um so i'm really excited about that i think that's there's there's a really you know blank canvas there that hasn't been there for a while because between the Kelvin timeline and even enterprise even further back um this has been something that star trek's had to do for a long time long time um it's you know other than Nemesis, it's been Endgame was the last episode of TV that Star Trek's produced that didn't have um, continuity to 
Right. So we can only go up from there. No. <laughs> we can only go up from there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, like you said, I'm really excited for the blank canvas. Um, but they also have this great foundation that they can build off, like you said, you know, storylines yeah. they can explore and, and stuff like that. So I think um, it's making for uh, a great recipe for success as far as the show goes. And I think it's got a lot of people excited. So. Yeah. Are there characters from the next generation that you'd the most eager to see in a show like this? Uh, make the most sense? <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> right. I think um, Riker, um, I think um, Crusher, um, sure. Worf, um, All of them, all of them, I think, are on the table, especially right now, um, just where I'm at in my rewatch. I think um, Guinan and Picard's relationship um, just feels as strong as ever, and I think uh, it would be fun to kind of revisit that as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Picard Crush is definitely really ripe for, uh, like, where are they, you know, 20 years later? uh, Where does that relationship stand? Yeah. Um, if he's dealing with a lot of emotional turmoil because of the Romulan thing, might he need a counselor too? I mean, that makes sense too. Yeah. Um, you, know, you would. I think. I think it's all on the table. Uh, who, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But you know, uh, they're certainly not going to have to twist my arm to see any of these characters again. Even Roe, like Files <laughs> says, I'd love to yeah. see Roe again. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd anyway. be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's no end to it, and there are, there are characters from the other show. And, um, you know, I, I think that somebody on Twitter was like speculating if the Romulan Empire's gone, like who would like the Cardassians like want to step up and fill that void and end up being like the big, you know, who knows? Like I'd love to Garrick and uh, characters like that again, and, and doing it this way, like where it's not set too far into the future and it's kind of um, contemporaneous with the amount of time that has actually passed twenty yeah. years uh, or so. You can you, there's not really anything stopping you from pulling any of these characters into the show um, as long as it's the right thing to do story-wise and it makes sense with what they're doing the direction they're going in um, there, there's uh, a lot of possibilities there so I'm, I'm really excited about all that and like I said having that blank canvas and being able to go forward with the story without needing to second guess uh, you know continuity and how things are going to affect like, sometimes it's not even you know like this story has a direct impact on continuity this way but for nerds like me who have seen the shows many times, it's sometimes like a five-step process. Like, like sometimes like a, a story will have an imp- like they'll tell a story and then it it leads to things that make you think. Well, that think about like down the road, how is it going to affect like domino effect stuff? Yeah. Uh, for how things are affected down the road um, in the continuity, um, mm-hmm. having the ability to kind of turn that part of my brain off and just watch the show and see where they're where they're going to take it is going to be extremely refreshing yeah. uh, and as somebody who loves enterprise a lot um you know I, i'm excited to and loves discovery too like these prequel idea shows um I, i'm excited to kind of move in a different direction yeah have, have a little different taste so yeah yeah um of all these different shows that we didn't talk about these there's clearly like a in a lot of these articles it's pretty often cited like there's just the Starfleet Academy show also kind of in development um, uh, real quick Penske file saying in his opinion the post nemesis setting is the only one that makes sense the prequel nature of discovery only serves to make things more difficult for the writers yeah that's, totally a, that's a pretty agree. common and I, it does make things more difficult for the writers yeah. it, it boxes them in in a lot of ways um, and they have to rise to the occasion and depending on like I know Penske files I know you're not a huge fan of discovery and I respect that. Um, I'm, I, Dan and I both are into the show. We're fans of it. We, we, we like it. But um, it makes life more difficult for them to, 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 to thread the needle and, and to catch, you know, a, you know, a wide net of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely respect that. I'm hoping that this this concept um, is, is as long as it's well written and it's well done. You know, Mike Shabine is involved. Who wrote Calypso? He's a Pulitzer Prize-winning author. You know, his interviews seem to indicate that he really knows Trek. He loves Trek. You know, having high-quality writers like that—that that all leads me to think that the writing's going to be good. And as long as the writing's good, I'm hoping that the show is uh, more successful at you know being uh, less divisive, I guess, than Discovery has been. Yeah. Um, 
that would that would be nice to say. Although I won't hold my breath because Star Trek's always divisive when it's new. Um, Jordan says he would definitely hope that they take the story very slow. I assume they want to catch up with all our favorite characters before we launch into a new story. Yeah, I mean, I who knows? Who knows? Like, I, I'm curious to see like how many of these characters involved with the story, or if they're going to be like kind of outliers who we see at some point along the way. Um, a lot of it's up in the air. With I think it is also just real quick. Um, I think mm-hmm. is it is also kind of. <clears throat> They could have an opportunity um, to kind of introduce some new characters and maybe, you know, further on down the road to kind of pass a torch into um, these. This is the kind of 90s Trek um, that we know that's kind of passing the torch onto the kind of the future of, of um, you know, future Trek, I guess, instead of like the prequel Trek. Um, so I think it's also it's also... I want to see um, past characters, obviously, but I think it there is an opportunity as well to introduce new characters. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I hope they do. They need to. They they need to. It's it's a it's a show. It's going to be a show that functions on its own. It needs to be its own thing. It, yeah. It's it's they've been pretty clear that it's not a sequel to the next generation. It's not the next chapter of the next generation. It's, a, it's not it's the a next new next idea. generation. No, it is not. <laughs> uh, so that that would pretty strongly imply that they're going to be fresh new characters, and I. That's that's a good thing. Um, as much as I love the next generation, I don't. I'm happy that it's not just a continuation of that story. Yeah. Um, I think I think it needs to be something new that stands on its own. Um, but what I'm starting to ask is like with all these other shows that, and you know, the, the card thing. I know it's not lower decks, but the the Starfleet Academy idea that's also kind of in development. Um, who knows where it stands, but it's been reported a bunch of times in mini show, mini series with Khan. Like, which is is the Picard show the one that you're most excited about, or is there something yeah. else kind of on the horizon that you're yep. talking about too? Because um, I think it has the perfect um, perfect balance of kind of this iconic character, but also mm-hmm. the potential to have um, great new stories to build on. Um, you sure. know, this great foundation that we've that has been set already. So. Yeah, I would agree. I'm excited about seeing where all these things go because I'm a Star Trek fan, and I. You know, I've been asking for a new track for a long time now um, and finally getting a lot of it. So I'm yeah. excited for all of it. But uh, I still have to pinch myself pretty often that, you know, Nemesis is not the last time we're going to see Picard, which has been like kind of a given for a long time. You know, like when it's I said, the theater, <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Like uh, for a long time, you kind of watch like like I do watching Star Trek kind of chronologically. And that 24th century story kind of comes with and comes to a end with a thud with nemesis that's the last time you know anything about these people uh picard especially is like i've said many times my definitely favorite character in star trek history um he's 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 my guy um and just the idea that he's not that's not the end um of that character is 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 an amazing thing that i'm really excited about discovery penske file says discovery would have worked Fuller's anthology idea, but as a continuing series, it gets more difficult to sustain and the writing in season one was just so weak. I hope season two surprises him. Uh, surprises me. I agree with you. I hope it surprises you, you too. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 um, yeah, I, like I've said a couple times, you know, Dan and I both are fans of Discovery season one and are excited for season two, but uh, I, I'm hoping that season two uh, does enough to kind of turn some of the people that weren't fans of season one around and you know, catch people, um, catch some new fans. It would be nice to say. I, I do agree with you that the anthology show um, is looking more attractive and I hope maybe down the road they explore that as well. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's a really neat idea yeah. um, that I, I think it would be cool to explore for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was a really outside the box concept. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I guess so I guess the discovery. Yeah, I guess yeah, we should probably transition season to you know, talking about season two, what we know about it, what we think about it going. Um, you know, um, I know I've, I've since I've gotten the Blu-ray of season one, I've, I've I've rewatched it a few weeks ago. I've been kind of in and out of it. In the meantime, I drop in and watch an episode here and there, which I don't usually do, but I'm doing for this. Um, just kind of um, have it fresh and have that flavor in my mouth for the for the season starts um what are your hopes like what are you what are you kind of hoping to get from do you have anything that's kind of on your bucket list of things that you you're really hoping for yeah um i am i am very excited um season two 
Um, I didn't watch any of it, um, mm -hmm. which I planned on it, um, but I'm kind of kind of testing out this theory of like I'm calling the Golden Gate Bridge theory. Um, uh, is that the, at the beginning of season one, um, it's really focused on Burnham and kind mm -hmm. of a single character, um, and by the end. Uh, it almost feels like a crew and a little bit more than just like the single character that we're kind of seeing this world through. And I'm yeah. curious to see, you know, are they going to stick to that or are they just going to be this, this is how they become a crew and we kind of explore, you know, you know, a type of show that's like the big three or the big four as bef but before it was kind of more focused on Burnham. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just curious of how, you know, this season two maybe just goes, you know, this is the crew, you know. But at the same time, it's it's hard for me to see that going that way because, you know, adding more characters. So I'm curious as how that's going to go as far as just the show structure as, as far as in season two. Yeah, I I have the same question. I, I, and I know I, Alex Kurtzman has, has said things like that, like that that's kind of their mission. They kind of want to make the show feel a little more cohesive as far as like how the crew operates together. And you kind of right. saw by the end of the first season, I'm thinking of like what's past prologue and that battle scene. Yeah. It feels yeah. a little more like Trek as far as like how the crew's operating and that they're kind of a cohesive unit. Um, you see them operating in their roles and doing their thing. Um, uh, my instinct is season two, hopefully will focus on that and, and make it a little bit more of a crew. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully it'll be about that sort of journey, like to, 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 to let this crew kind of settle into place and become a Star Trek crew the way that we are used to. Um, that would be nice. Uh, and it would be cool to see that journey happen. Like usually in, in these shows, you kind of get right to it. Like in the next generation, it, it kind of settles into place pretty early and that's what they are. And in TOS, you jump right into the, the, the kind of the middle of the five-year mission and that's what they are. They're right. pretty much a cohesive unit doing their jobs. Um, Deep Space Nine, you get a little bit of it between the like the Bajoran militia people and the, the Starfleet. Like they have to kind of meld over time and you, you see little tastes of that. And in Voyager, they maybe had a promise of that with the Starfleet and the Maquis, but it, not necessarily a whole lot of development there. That right. kind of happens off screen, so to speak. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm definitely open to the idea of this show kind of showing us how that happens, um, how, how uh, you know that family gets formed. Um, and to kind of piggyback off that, I would like to see some of uh, some of those sub characters, like the the kind of faces around the bridge that get a line here and there, and you kind of know what they do, but you don't really know anything about them. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to see a little bit more development for them. You know, I, I definitely they're not going to become you know major characters by right. any means. Uh, you know, I think we know who our major characters are going to be, um, and that's fine. But I, I'd like to, to 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 get a little bit more of a taste of like who these people are and um, have them involved in. You know the missions a little bit more, have them go on a, a landing party thing, and get to know them a little bit. Uh, I think that would that would help the show as well. Um, and that's something I'm definitely hungry for. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything I'd, else for you that you're? Uh, yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see just take the the show kind of in a lighter um, kind of direction. Yeah. Uh, to me, season one was so heavy and so. Um, I don't want to say dramatic. Um, mm -hmm. It was very dramatic. Um, you know, it can still be dramatic. I just... Um, it takes itself so seriously. Yeah, it takes us not yeah. so serious. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I just watched The Dark mm -hmm. Knight. So that kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's another thing. And from the trailer, I gather that it, it does feel a little bit more lighter. Um, they're going to be yeah, joking more. Uh so yeah, I think I think it looks promising, but that's one thing that kind of is on my checklist of season two to see. Um, I'd love to see a little bit more lighter show. Couldn't agree with that more. Uh, you know, Star Trek has always been something that, because of its nature, I guess, where it, you know, bright future, optimistic. Um, when it's at its best, uh, Star Trek tends to be about good people doing good things. Yeah. You know, being good friends, uh, having having that sort of feel. Uh, gives a levity to the show that I think wasn't always there in season one because of the type of story they were telling. Um, so I, I definitely, that would be a welcome uh, 
breath of fresh air as well. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, mm-hmm. Penske file asked if uh, he, he's mentioning that, and I, 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 I have read some of these. Um, they're the, the spoiler free ones, at least. Um, early, or early fan site reviews say that early season two is more like the Trek you know. Uh, is that yeah. a good thing or a bad thing? Um, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? That's a good thing, thing for me. Um, I'd love to do, I'd love, I hope that they, um, it, it feels like the Trek um, that we know. Um, but it also isn't, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that Discovery has done a good job of, of kind of turning what we expect on its head. Um, so I'd love to see a little bit of uh, the kind of the track that we've now known, I guess, watched before. So Yeah. I'd like um, I'd like it to feel a little bit more familiar while kind of maintaining its own voice. I think that's the needle that right. needs to get threaded. Right. You know, you don't want it to be too familiar and too uh, derivative of like '90s Trek. You don't want it to feel too much like you know we're trying to be just like this, like mm-hmm. a, a, a certain other show that I really like that's on Fox <laughs> here in America. Sometimes feels like uh, you know I'm a fan of the Orville and I enjoy it, but it, it sometimes it feels like it's trying too hard to yeah. to, to to fit in that little box. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I think that's a that's a feel that should be avoided. Um, yeah. Dan would disagree with you, Penske file, that it's the weakest of the original series. Um, but uh, he's saying Voyager was like the new, but right. also the weakest. Um, but I get what you're kind of saying, like a, a common criticism that may have been lobbed at Voyager. And- too, is that it was too derivative. It, it kind of told the same kinds of stories we were used yeah. to in yeah. TNG, and mm-hmm. you know, Voyager was certainly tagged with like its TNG light um, back in, back in the day, and people still feel that way. So I think that's a that's a that's a a temptation that should be avoided. You don't want to get too yes. close to what's yep. been done. Yeah. I think if if it feels more because of the way the characters are interacting and it has that sort of positivity to it uh, that may have been lacking a little bit in season one, uh, I think that'll be a benefit to the show. But uh, I, I certainly don't want derivative stories and even like derivative character arcs. Uh, you know, I want to see fresh stuff. Um, but with that tone and message and uh kind of uh, intangible stuff that makes Star Trek Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rob agrees. He, he wants to see more of the bridge crew, too. I think that's good pretty common. That. Yeah, yeah, good to see you, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that, that's a pretty common uh, ask, I think, among the fans, that they would like to see people like Arium and uh, Detmer and uh, Wishkin, the, the, just the, the different bridge role players, actually. Yeah. Get a little bit more to do. Um just a little more involvement um and I, I i'm hopeful that they'll do that um i, I mentioned this last week i don't want to go off on too much of a of a, 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 a tangent about it but i would like because i'm a fan of what they did with like lethe and time the spock uh, or the the burnham sarek relationship into the spock sarek relationship that we know in during the Babel. I, I i talked about how i think it's really cool that something that comes along 50 years later is kind of giving the stuff from 50 years ago kind of a new flavor and something else to watch for like it helps keep that show it almost makes it new again. Like going back and watching Journey to Babel, Journey to Babel uh, is is a whole new experience now because of if you accept Lethe as, you know, if you're a fan of Discovery and you like that, it, it makes Journey to Babel have another layer to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that they're doing that. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I'd love to see, you know, things play into why Spock was so loyal to Pike in the Menagerie. You know, like if this story leads a little bit, leads to a little bit more depth to that and there's there's more layers there um i think that's that'll be a success too and i'm, I'm all for that i think for a 50 year old show to still be getting new layers added to it given new reasons to kind of revisit it and go back to it i, I think that's that's good for tos uh, it, it makes me eager to go back and watch it again and look for all these things um little things that could be retroactive hints to stuff in discovery yeah. um and i'm all for that um, yeah. I'm excited for kind of um, the musical chairs. They're kind of playing with the captain seat. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Anthony Matt has a little bit of pressure um, mm-hmm. being yeah. that 
you know, the performance of the previous captain that sat in that chair was pretty good. Um, and I've always, uh, you know, been, been a fan of uh, the captain and, and exploring that role. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for um, them to kind of explore that in season two as well. Yeah, one, one of the things that I've read in a couple of these early reviews that have been out, uh, the Penske file mentioned, um, is that they, they do explore that, I guess, in this first episode. Um, the, 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 the crew having to react to the difference between Pike, who is like Mr. Starfleet, like the perfect cardboard cutout of a Starfleet captain who mm-hmm. does it all right, is by the book and is, is like the model, like what you would imagine a Starfleet captain to be after the experience with Lorca, who was the complete opposite and yeah. was not genuine and was off to, um, you know, off on his own thing. Uh, it's something that I guess is going to be a focus early on in the season, at least, uh, seeing the crew react to that difference. Yeah. Um, Penske File thinks that the changing captain is maybe Discovery's best idea, and he's not a fan of the spore drive, which he says might be the worst idea of the show, which... Um, is not an uncommon thought, I don't think, out there. That's good file. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree, but um, I'm, I'm a little more open-minded to it, but uh, you're certainly not alone in that in that take. Uh, not being a huge fan of the support drive. I'm curious to see what they do with the support drive this year. Like, is it totally shelved? Uh, are they not using it because of all the reasons that kind of got laid out at the end of the season where it's, you know, well, not entirely safe uh, right. and leads to all these... Um, pathways to different places that they really shouldn't be going like their universe um it, it, that's kind of an ongoing thing that i'm kind of curious to play out like you, you you have to assume that it gets classified and buried in some deep file somewhere because obviously we don't know about it in the future um but seeing how that story kind of develops and how it ends up there is of interest to me i'm curious to see where they take that <laughs> I imagine that that's going to, like, Calypso might be built off of that. Somehow. Yeah. Like, just it's just going to tucked away out in deep space somewhere. Yeah. Um, Which, from the beginning, I've always kind of had my head buried in the sand because, I mean, I don't think the Penske file does have a great point in that mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been mentioned before. You know, yep. why is this, this technology there this the ship is kind of built off this technology that we've never heard before um i've always kind of had my head kind of buried in sand like sure and i think maybe like this is maybe a step towards why um we haven't is because it is just so unpredictable and and um just unsafe um and uh yeah i'm i'm kind of excited to hopefully see maybe that um they explore that kind of down the road of why it maybe does get classified. And, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, speaking of classified, mm-hmm. I am excited to, to hope that, um, Michelle Yeoh definitely kind of sticks on because, um, I am a fan of, um, having kind of that mirror universe tie in, um, which is kind of crazy to think. Cause if you guys remember last year, I wasn't the biggest fan of, Go to the mirror universe. So mm-hmm. um, I'm yeah. excited to kind of see how they play out. Play out. Yeah, that. you were pretty so. open with that. Like even early before they did, you're yeah. like, I kind of hope we don't go this way. Yeah. Um, you were. You, I mean, we all kind of saw. We all knew it was going to factor in somehow, but <laughs> yeah. you uh, you weren't on board with that in the in advance. But I think you turned out to be okay with it the way yeah. they did it. I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, Penske file says something I agree with. Um, if they shelve it, the spore drive, that's terrible. And I, I think that's true. If they, if they completely just and left it sitting there and just kind of pretended it didn't happen, I think that would be a, a colossal mistake. And I, I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they'll use it much um, or maybe at all, but I'm hoping that it's a, it's, it's a story thing that they have to deal with and uh, in a credible way that, makes some sense yeah. <laughs> would be would be nice um he figured that season one would do some kind of time shenanigans to redo retro fix it yeah i mean it's possible still like, i mean we, we yeah who yeah. knows yeah who knows? Yeah. i suspect that it won't be a time travel thing i think it'll be a classified need to know buried in deep space never to be found again kind of thing yeah uh but We'll find out at some point, hopefully. Yeah. Um, 
He jokingly says that the Picard series opening log will mention the support drive and it'll be like it's been there all along. Yeah. That, <laughs> that would, that would, that's uh, ill advised. They, they, yeah. they should not do <laughs> that. would be a big mistake. No. Um, people would freak out. Yes. Um, is there a character that you are most excited to see back and get more development? Like, what's your, what character are you the, the most interested in in season two? Like, is there um, a story thread, a character dynamic that you're curious about? Or, I think Saru and Burnham, that brother sister, brother, brotherly sisterly rivalry going between them. Um, I definitely like that. Um, yeah. I think their relationship is strong at the end. I am, again, I, I, I want to stick to the captains here. I am excited to see um, Anson Mount and the new captain. I don't know how, I'm curious if they're going to explore how this, the epitome of Starfleet goes from, you know, what he is right now to, you know, later on down the road in TOS. Um, mm-hmm. Just be interesting to kind of see that play out. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the extra development for Pike. Uh, thing for me i'm really excited that there's going to be more of that and like number one is going to be in it from the cage and menagerie um i think she looks great like i think she looks like major barrett kind of like the long black hair and like i'm excited to see that character and um definitely all those like again like more layers to characters we kind of thought were we've seen everything we're ever going to see pike and number one that cage crew yeah um I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there yeah um another big thing that um i think it, it's been out there for a while maybe he said it at las vegas or something but mm-hmm. evidently wilson cruz plays dr culver is in the main credits this season like he's he's a regular huh. um uh, so how that plays out, uh, Stamets and Culver and that dynamic, um, is interesting to me. I want to see what they're going to do with that. Um, you know, he, he made no bones about it. He's very involved and he's there and part of the cast and he's very much in season two. Um, how is certainly an open question. Uh, evidently, um, the mycelial network, something somewhat, does something i don't know yeah but uh that's an interesting story thread to me uh that you know i'm I'm eager to see what they do with yeah it should be definitely uh fun to kind of explore if he's in the main credits Uh, maybe flashbacks maybe i don't know yeah one thing that they kind of telegraphed even back then one at the end of what passes uh they jump back to the regular timeline or home timeline mm-hmm. um, is there's this like green spore that comes out and lands on Tilly's shoulder and they kind of yeah. said pay attention to that it's going to matter um, something tells me that Culver somehow <laughs> yeah, somehow. something to do with that yeah. uh, we'll see uh, but uh, I'm glad that he's back I really like that actor good in it um, yep. I think he's really good in the show I think he's got really good chemistry with Anthony Rapp I think that yeah, that relationship is is a, is a highlight of the show. I think is unique to that show, and uh, the, the the characters are, are good together. I think it's a good dynamic for the, for the, for this for the series, and uh, interesting to see where they take it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd say that and what you mentioned with Pike and his involvement are, are probably the two things that like going in. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for that. I'm really excited to see what they do. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess my final thing that probably I'm looking forward to um, uh, is kind of rewatchability. Um, mm-hmm. If we go back and look at season one, mm-hmm. I think the way that everything plays out, I think it just adds to the kind of rewatchability of the show. It definitely does. And I feel like in today's just how TV shows are presented, you've got to have something like that that makes it like adds to the rewatchability and makes it, you know, binge worthy, I guess. Yeah. And I'm excited to see if they explore that, um, or if they'll just kind of just go kind of in this whole new direction. Um, mm-hmm. just curious to see if they, if they do anything with that. So, yeah, it's an interesting uh, thing to think about too. Like, uh, absolutely. Like kind of just watching a little bit of it yesterday and a few days before, um, 
watching episodes like Context is for Kings with the knowledge of what's coming with Lorca. It makes it's 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 like a whole different episode. Yeah, uh, it it really does. I think for me, add a lot to the rewatchability of the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, yeah, I mean that may or may not be a unique thing to season one, and mm-hmm. to see what season two may, might do to bring about something like that would be is interesting. Like, are they going to have some sort of added layer that's going to make it, right. you know, kind of twist or something that adds to that. But um, the other thing I'm curious to see that we talked about a lot during the season last year, um, last time was this kind of mix of, you know, serialization. Obviously the season one has a very serialized structure. The, the stories all lead into each other, but um, something that I was pleasantly surprised by that I've said times is that it mixed in enough episodic stuff like context is for kings is a very different kind of story and kind of episode than lethe is and then and parabellum is and magic makes it like they all have like especially in the first half of the season maybe a little more so than the second half um but even even there in the second half um the episodes have like their own voice and unique tone um you can you can tell them apart if you know, you're, you're looking at it that way. Right. Even in season two, I mean, in the, in the back half of season one, you know, the wolf inside is very different than, you know, what's past the prologue. Yes. The kind of story it is. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the tone of it are, are, are different. Um, I'm hoping that they kind of walk that line in season two as well. I, I'm all for the serialized having a, like a, a single thing kind of pulling you through the season uh, that rewards you at the end. Um, but I think it's important for Star Trek to, to maintain that Swiss Army knife kind of thing that we talked about, like being able to tell different kinds of stories, uh, play with genre and um, not be one note uh, in, in that kind of way, because it never has been before. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm curious to see if they do that this time around or if it's going to be more like single tone through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Um, there's a lot of questions that we're going to have answered very soon. Yes. Can't believe it's like four days away. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. yeah. Uh, I think I saw something about it, it's Thursday night, which is different yeah. than last year. It used to be Sunday. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, I thought it was going to be 930 Eastern time. And I saw something the other day that I think said 830 Eastern time. Um, huh it'll premiere like it'll be available on all access um what time was it on last year it was like nine ish i think okay i think i think it might have been i don't know 8 30 maybe i don't know i don't remember yeah i guess i have to go uh yeah i can't remember mm-hmm. yeah i want to say it was 8 30 actually i think because i remember it yeah like, i want to say i was like sunday night football yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Around that same time. So, yep. yeah, I I don't know. But I also remember it being a little inconsistent. Like it would sometimes drop like a few yep. minutes early. Sometimes yep. it would, yeah, like you never quite know. <laughs> yeah. A lot of time like, spent like refreshing the app, waiting for it to pop. Yep. Uh, never quite being the exact same time. Uh, I don't think After Trek is back. That's another like little side thing. I think a lot of people have been like, yeah, there's been like no word about it at all. Not much. Yeah. Whatever. Not, I'm fine know, with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I think it got a little better over the course of the season, but there's for, I, I had a hard time with it. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of, uh, plenty of places to go to listen to or watch like post discovery analysis. There's like no shortage of options if you want to get your fix on that. Mm-hmm. We're in that menagerie, so yeah, we are in that category. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's there's plenty of opportunity for that. Um, yep. So yeah, really excited. Next week we'll be talking about Brother episode one of season two. Yep. Uh, and for the next fourteen weeks, uh, we're going to be along for the ride and hoping for the best. Hoping yep. it's hoping it's good. And yeah, can't tell you how excited I am for like for another new season of Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, all these years it's back again it's it's, uh times are good yep so and penske file i sincerely hope that it went i know you have not been a fan yep (laughs) i've listened to your show i I know i know feelings um but i'm i'm really hoping that uh people who of are of your mindset uh who who think of discovery the way that you do are some of you are, are are kind of won over by season i hope that it's different enough and uh, does a good job enough to win over some new fans. Yeah, that would be good. So, 
but we'll see. We'll certainly find out very soon. Yep. Yeah. So this has been uh, kind of our first episode or first kind of, I guess, episode of kind of um, into our discovery coverage. Um, mm-hmm. Like they said, we got 14 weeks of it. Um, hopefully we'll be able to supplement some of that um, with some other content. Um, I'd love to kind of revisit, maybe track after dark, um, get the uh, STO stream going. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And we're going to be available on a whole new platform very soon, right? Yes. Um, so this um, will probably be the first episode that's going to go live. I mean, not live, but go on our podcast feed on iTunes. So we finally got that going. Bill and I have been wanting to do that for a long time. Finally be able to make it happen. So we'll, we'll be, we still want to emphasize that you guys should come here live. You guys make the show. Um, but the next day it will be available on iTunes feed um, as a pre-recorded. So you have, you have that access to, you know, on iTunes, on other, and where other podcasts are found. Um, Absolutely. No use to garbage <laughs> itunes app yeah. um so yeah i will uh we will get working on that um post the next day um yeah great time to be a star trek fan um, it is this unless yeah. you're a huge kelvin timeline guy if kelvin yes. timeline is your thing now is a sad time to be a star yes trek fan. yeah <laughs> but, yeah yep. Yes, um, I guess wrap it up. The discussion does not have to stop here. Um, definitely come over to Twitter um, if you want to hear more about Stretch Art discussion. Um, come over there to let us know your thoughts um, to the Discord channel. Um, and now the podcast feed. So, yeah. yeah. We will see you guys next week um, to talk about Discovery, which is a crazy Absolutely. thing to say. I'm excited. Yep, me too. Yep. Thanks, everybody who's here uh, with us live. Uh, Penske File, Rob, Prince Salem, Jordan. You guys were all great. You contributed to the conversation. Um, and we definitely appreciate that. Yep. So everybody have a good day. Yep. Thanks for watching. Hey, this is Trek Live Dan again. Like I said before, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to our Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel to keep the Star Trek discussion alive. See you guys next time.